I want to do is worship the king, honor the king. That's what it's all about. But worship's not about me. Worship's all about him. So uh, that's the book of Ezekiel chapter 16. I I read where Samuel, the Syrians were coming. And uh, I think it's 1 Samuel 7, might not be, but Israel was, they were like grasshoppers coming. And uh, they went and got Samuel. And they said, what what are we going to do? He said, get a lamb. Get a lamb a first year without spot or without blemish. And he said, sacrifice that lamb. And he said, we'll worship our way out of this. And brother, you can worship your way out of anything. That's right. Paul and Silas worshiped their way right out of prison. (laughs) And I'm figuring by the grace of God, worshiping my way right out of this world. Amen. I aim to do it by the grace of God. It's been a good place to be. uh, I've enjoyed every night, but I've had more fun tonight than all put together. I don't... I can't explain it. It's something you can't figure out. I don't try to figure it out. I, I just feel like I'm standing pretty close to him. I, so if you wouldn't, you could. You'd stand on Ezekiel 16. It's a sad story, but I'm not going to make it sad. I mean, it, it's sad until the Lord passes by. Let's, let's say that. And there's a lot of things. Most all things are sad until the Lord passes by. And I'm going to preach about when the Lord passed by. That's Ezekiel chapter 16, look at verse 1. And uh, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father uh, was an Amorite, and thy mother was a Hittite. And as thy nativity in the day that thou was born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to sobble thee, and was not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these uh, unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou was cast out into an open field. And to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou was born. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thy own blood, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. First part of verse 6. When I passed by, when the Lord passed by, let us pray. Almighty God, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, we're thankful, Father, you passed by. You passed by our way. And thank God, Lord, that's why we're saved. And Lord, you passed by this way already tonight. I appreciate you, Lord. And Lord, if you don't pass by, we can't have church. If you don't pass by, we can't get no worshiping done. If you don't pass by, Lord, there's no life. I appreciate you, Lord. I mean that with all my heart. And I know, Lord, this will be a good night. I can tell, uh, Lord, that you're present. And I thank you, God, for passing by. And, Lord, I've watched you pass by many a time. And I know, Lord, when you come nigh, I appreciate you. Can't have church without you. 
can't be anointed without you. Can't preach, can't sing without you. I've seen several people in here hugging and loving on one another while there ain't no love without the Lord. I appreciate you. Go with me, Lord. I don't know nobody's heart in the building but my own. Been married 52 years. And I, I think I know her pretty good, but just being honest, ain't nobody, you got to know yourself. And Jesus said, I know man, I know what's in man. And, and so he said, I don't need nobody to testify man. So the Lord, he knows us, whether we're saved, whether we ain't. And I don't know, I'm just going to preach and just pray God that you'd pass by somebody. I know, Lord, when a crowd's gathered like this, I know there's some discouraged. I, I understand life and I, I've been on the way a while and I know how we can get blindsided in the storms of life. I understand. I know the devil never stops shooting at us. I got it. But I'm glad that greater is he that's in you. I'm glad you're still passing by. Go with me, God, here tonight. Pass by the people as I preach, and I'll be sure to thank you and praise you. Say that so near as hell, if that be the case. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Now, this little baby and a little baby girl, and she's been cast on the east side of Jerusalem. She's in an open field. No one loves her. No one, I read an article one time about uh, a baby would be abnormal if no one loved it. And I read this article and it had to be way back when I was a baby, but there was a baby in the Cleveland hospital and uh, it was dying and it's just a little baby. And uh, they run all kind of tests and they, they couldn't find out what was wrong with that baby. And so uh, one of the doctors, he, he began to watch. And the more they picked that baby up and set it back down and, and, and more the, they handled that baby, then that baby got better. He got to looking at that and he wrote on a chart, this baby will be picked up at least once an hour and hugged and cuddled and put back. And that baby in several months was healed of what they don't know what's wrong with it. We believe that it had no love. And it was adopted and went on. I said all that to say this. I'm glad my God loves me. I'm glad, thank God. I'm glad God, when I never loved him, he loved me. When we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preventure for a good man, someone even dare to die, but God. Oh, listen, but, but God. I'm glad God budded. He budded in my life. But God commended his love towards us. He loved me when I didn't love him. He loved me when I never loved him, when I talked bad about him, when I never cared nothing about him. He still loved me. Amen. And he picks me up and he talks to me and he caresses me and he speaks to me and he walks with me and he touches me at least once every hour. Amen. Now here this baby is. Nobody pitied it. Nobody loved it. This baby is a picture of Jerusalem and it's cast on the east side of the field. 
and its, its navel button wasn't even washed or unhooked. It was just cast over there uh, uh, to die. And the Bible said that Jesus passed by. No, I pitied it. No, I loved it. And the Bible says that the Lord loved it. And the Lord picked that baby up. Now listen, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a true story. It was before HRS. And here it was in Miami, way down in Miami. Had to be before I was born. Now, you know, that's a long time ago, 49. And here's what happened. A mother left her baby on the doorsteps of the Miami hospital. And they couldn't find the mother. They don't know why she didn't love it. Don't know why she put it there. But all the doctors, and th they took her in. And uh, they couldn't find out what, what happened, but they just let her raise up there in the hospital. And the doctors took care of her, and the nurses took care of her, and the hospital took care of her, and they give her a legal name, a Mary Lost. That was her name. And so she lived there, uh, well, her, her, nearly her whole life, but she was seven. And one of the nurses said, Mary, would you like to go to Sunday school with me this morning? She said, yeah, I'd like that. So they took Mary Lost down to the church and they stayed for Sunday school and the preacher, he preached. And when he got done preaching, Mary Lost went down to the altar and got saved. Now I want to say this. I don't know what the preacher preached, but I, I'm going to say this. I, I like to think, and I think he did, I think he preached out of the 15th chapter of Luke where it talked about a lost sheep and it talked about a lost coin and it talked, uh, let me tell you, a lost son. Let me tell you why I think that. I got this buddy at work. Well, I had a lot of buddies. Worked 35 years, we work hard. But this one guy's probably, I, I retired 10 years after him. And his name was Fred Samson. Don't, don't matter. Lived down in New Haven. And uh, he's a nice guy. Wasn't a Christian, but he's an honest, nice guy. But he's real jumpy. If you come up behind, he knocked one of my buddies out with a dinner bucket. Because they, they spooked him, you know. And, and I'm, 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 uh, he was jumpy. Bad. Crazy jumping. And so he retired, and I got 10 more years to work. And I went down Union Hall one day, and he was there. He said, Al got saved. I said, praise the Lord. He said, let me tell you how I got saved. And he said, I, I never went to church. Well, maybe Easter, he said. But my wife, she always went. And he said, it was a Sunday, real pretty autumn day. I was out in the yard Sunday morning, sat on the porch. I seen a tuba four down there. And he said, and I went and picked that tuba four up. When I did, a frog jumped up in my face. He said, I almost had a heart attack. He said, I made it to the porch and I sit there and she come out. I looked at her and I said, just give me a minute. I'm going to get my church clothes on. <laughs> and he said, I went to church. I, I, I can't believe I didn't get it. I'm, I'm listening. He said, what do you think the preacher preached on? I said, I don't know, Fred. He said, frogs. He preached on frogs. Yeah, Exodus 8, Pharaoh and the frogs. I should have got it. Now listen, I don't know what, 
I don't know what that preacher preached on. I know that preacher preached on frogs. And I'm telling you, her name legally was Mary Lost. And I really believe that he preached out of Luke 15 about lost things. And Mary got saved. And she goes back. And she goes back to the hospital Monday morning. She said, I want to see the superintendent. And they said, well, okay. And they set up an appointment. And Mary goes and she sits down at this huge desk. And that superintendent is sitting down there. And she said, sir, I know that my mommy didn't want me. And I know that she left me here when I was born. And I know you all took care of me. And, and I know you give me a place to live. And you give me a name, Mary Loss. She said, but, but yesterday, she said, I went forward. And I gave my heart to Jesus. And I want to change my name from Mary Loss to Mary Fowl. I say glory. I want, I say praise. I'm glad, thank God, once I was lost, but now I'm found. I say glory. I'm glad, thank God. I'm glad God, I'm glad God saved me by the grace of God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I say glory to God. Now, brother Jesus, he picked this baby up. And when he picked this baby up, he done several things to this baby that he does to us when he saves us. The very first thing he did to this baby, the Bible says, 16.9, it says he washed. He began to wash this baby. I assume he might have had some warm water and maybe a washcloth. But he picked that baby up and he began to wash it. And the very first thing he did to me when he saved me was he washed me. Amen. And Revelation says unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I say glory to God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And God said, I've given it to you on the altar, make an atonement, my brother, for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. He said, and behold, uh, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. It takes the blood. It's a blood way. And brother, until the blood is applied, you'll never be washed from your sins. There's a guy by the name of George Truitt. I know a little bit about him. I've read some articles about him. And so he had a church down in Hayesville, North Carolina. And uh, he was one of the first preachers to come on the radio. And he was, at this time, he was in a church in Dallas, Texas. Well, he had a, a nurse in his church that sat with dying people. You, you know what they call them. And so Hopsis, maybe, I don't know if they caught it then, but she sat with dying people. And she was with this woman who was dying, and uh, she kind of made her living on the street. And so uh, she's in bad shape. She said to her, she said, George Truitt, he's my preacher, 
and he's going to be preaching on the radio in just a few minutes. Do you care if I turn the radio on and listen to him? No, she said, you go ahead. And so she turned the radio on and, oh, George Truett, full of the Holy Ghost. And he began to preach. And he's preaching Isaiah 118, true story. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And the Holy Ghost of God got on old George. I mean, brother, he was a preaching. And I mean, brother, he was, I mean, he was full of God. And that nurse looked over and that woman was shaking in that bed, shaking all over. And old George just kept coming. Hey, man, come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord. I mean, brothers, he was preaching big. And when God done, she said to that woman, said, can you get a hold of him? And maybe he'll come over, stop by after a while. She said, I believe he will. She called George, give George the address, and George come over. He come in the house, went over to that bed, got down there and said, my name's George Truett. And he shook out his hand. And she stuck her hand down in the covers. Oh, she said, I couldn't shake your hand. You're a man of God. I've been wicked all my life. She said, I, I couldn't do that. He said, ma'am, he said, you might have used to be wicked, but I know one that died on Calvary. I know one that can wash you whiter than snow. I know one that can make you a brand new creature. And he said, listen, if you'll just call on Jesus' name, if you'll just repent of your sins, no matter what she did, just ask God to come in. He said, listen to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And he said, just pray. You pray while I pray. And you just ask God to forgive you of all your sins. And you just accept Christ on Calvary's cross. And he got down there and got to pray. And that woman got to pray. And God said, hit that Isaiah 118 again. George and George said come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet and he felt somebody tapping him on the shoulder he looked up she said shake my hand he said I thought your hand was dirty she said I just had a blood bath I say glory to God I'm telling you 43 years 10 months ago I had a blood bath I went to Calvary I had the blood applied God washed me in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious blood. Listen to me. I'm telling you, the Bible says that Jesus began to wash this baby. And then Jesus began to clothe this baby. Well, what do you... Th I, uh, I can remember. We got two boys. One's 50 and one's 43. And so... I, I, she, now she was a real mother, still is. But she, she got a pit bull she mothers now. Uh, he'll eat your leg off if you ain't careful. But anyhow, she'd, she'd lay them babies down, put some t-shirts on them, put a diaper on them, put some kind of skin stuff on them, put some kind of powder on them. You ain't never smelled nothing that good in all your life. I mean, she did everything. I, I'm not even going to tell on myself, but I, she just knew how to do it. And I just said all that to say this. He clothed me. 
Well, what did he clothe you in, preacher? He clothed me in righteousness. Amen. You remember when the prodigal come home. That's right. The Bible said, the fight. Let me, let me tell you this real quick. There's a man by the name of E.P. Brown. He wrote a Christian magazine back when I was young, when I was born. E.P. Brown wrote a Christian called the Ram's Horn. He was a great man of God. And uh, they asked him, they said, E.P., how did you get saved? Oh, he said, I lived a wicked life. He said, I had to leave home. It was bad. He said, my mom and dad was going to take a lot of flack. He said, I just left the country. He said, I stayed gone for years. When I went back, mom died. And he said, dad spent all he had, never had much. And he said, lived up off an old dirt road up on the hill. House was falling down. He said, I went back. said, all we had was bread and water. That's all we had. He said, I've been gone a long time. And I come in, mom died, house falling down. Wasn't nothing but bread and water. I told dad, I said, I, I, can't, I can't stay. Oh, he said, son, please. It'll get better. No, he said, I ain't gonna stay, Dad. Well, he said, you've gone so long, he said, and I'm by myself. And he said, Dad, I just can't stay. And he said, well, I wish you would. I, I really think it'll get better. He said, I left that morning and said, Dad followed me all the way down the road, down to the gravel, and said, when I turned around to say bye, he just stowed both arms around me and kissed me on the neck. Held on real tight. And when I let go, he put 50 cents in my hand. I watched him walk back up the hill and I thought to myself, there's a man that gave me the last thing he had. He said, I went up and I was in Cleveland by Dwight L. Moody's Tabernacle. And he said, I followed the Salvation Army in there one night. And he said, old Moody had God is love on jet fires running behind the pulpit. And Moody took the pulpit. And Moody said, I want you to look at this prodigal, this Luke 15. He said, I don't want you to look at the prodigal. And I don't want you to look at the elder brother. But I want you to look at the father. And the Bible says the father stood afar off and had great compassion and he saw the son coming. He saw him coming. And he said, when he got there, he fell on him. And he kissed him on the neck. Now listen to me. I know this to be true. He didn't just kiss him once. I know how I'd do if my son come back. He kissed him and kissed him and kissed him. I mean, he filled him up full of kisses. That's right. And he hugged him. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against thee in heaven. Now, pretty much the Lord just stopped him. I mean, he was repenting. He already got off the hog pit. The father saw him a way off. He had compassion. He was waiting on him. That's right. And he fell on him. And he said, bring the best robe. I mean, listen. Somebody said, we better give him a secondary robe. But I'm a, God don't got no secondary robe. God give him the best robe. Listen. God give him his robe, his righteousness. Amen. That was God's banquet robe and robe. And God put him in a brand new robe, kissed him, put him in a robe, put shoes on his 
shoes on his feet. Nobody wore shoes in those days but soldiers and king's son. I'm telling you, thank God, brother, that's the first thing God did to me is he kissed me and he robed me. Amen. Give me a, put a ring on my finger and shoes on my feet and kill the fatted calf. I say glory to God. And E.P. Brown said, when I looked at the father and I seen him kiss the son, even what he did, and I seen him put the robe on him, I seen a man that gave all he had. And that's what Jesus did for us. He gave us all he had. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall not freely give us all things? Amen. Brother, listen to me. God made me rich. He made me rich in grace. He made me rich in love and mercy. He gave me life. He didn't just give me life. He gave me abundant life. He didn't just give me joy. He gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gave me a brand new page. As this boy, when he got in an argument with his mommy, that day his mommy got typhoid and they quarantined the house and they put her in a room and he's out here and the nurses are there and no one can go back there where the mother is. And he, he broke his mommy's heart. He sassed her. And he was mean. And the next thing happened is she's quarantined and maybe not even going to make it. And so he wrote on a chalkboard. He said, Mother, I'm so sorry I was bad. I'm so sorry. And if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, wipe the chalkboard clean. And he gave it to the nurse. And you know the story. She come back with a brand new chalkboard. Clean. Hey, he gave me a clean slate. He, he wiped my slate clean. Amen. And I've made mistakes since. That's right. I never did nothing on purpose in 43 years and 10 months. But I have got my slate dirty. And God, by the grace of God, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Hey, I mean, I'm in this for the long haul. I mean, I want to make heaven my home. And if we confess our sin, they know that lady over there nailed it down. She was right on everything she said. You can't live a perfect life now, but you can live a pleasing life. And you can always get the blood applied. That's right. And you can always pray. And you can always seek God. And you can always walk with God. And you can always live right. That's right. How are you going to die right if you don't live right? You've got to... And so, I'm just simply saying that he robed me. He washed me, and then he robed me. I mean, he put shoes on my feet. He put a robe of righteousness on me. Amen. What did he do then, preacher? Well, he filled me full of the Holy Ghost. Well, he might have done that first. <laughs> the Bible calls it the holy anointing oil. I say glory to God. Amen. Well, it's, it's got five principal spices. It's got myrrh. That's alloy. Cinnamon. Now you know cinnamon is made in a flower and a cinnamon has in the middle of that flower has got a little nut. And when you harvest that nut and break it open, there's a little liquid there. And that cinnamon nut, that liquid is 
fire. I mean, you light fire. It a, I mean, it's, I'm, hey, they fought wars over that cinnamon nut. That's right. Oh, Dr. Robertson, uh, he's a Nazarene preacher. I read about him. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a good one, and I read about him, heard him preach and stuff. Anyhow, he said he was born in Oklahoma, him and his brother. And his daddy said, we got about four acres of corn down there. You get that mule out of the barn, and you plow that four acres. Said him and his older brother was a plowing with that, with that old mule, and that mule stubborn, what he said. He said, that mule was like some of you fellas, stubborn. But I decided not to say that. Or I decided to say it, but do it in a slick way. And he said, that mule, and, and he said, my dad's going to come home, and we ain't got them four acres plowed. He said, I led that mule over to a stump, I got up on the stump and I doubled his ear down and I bit his ear. And he said, I bit it. And he said, that mule still wouldn't plow. And my older brother said, go to the house and get all the newspapers you can gather up. And he put them newspapers under the belly of that mule and lit them. And when that fire hit that mule's belly, they said it was still plowing after dark. Amen. It takes the fire. Hey man, brother, listen. Unless the fire falls, God ain't in it. Woo-hoo! I like the fire. Brother, I like to get close to the fire. I, I say glory to God. Well, anyhow, I'm just going to preach about uh, the myrrh. Now, the myrrh's a painkiller. I'll, I'll explain to you. These are five principal spices. I think it's Exodus 30. And it's myrrh and alloy and KCI and and, and, and olive oil. And so, you remember when Jesus went to the olive press, well, the only way to get olive oil is to get rid of the olive. And the only way you'll ever please God is to get rid of the olive. You gotta get rid of yourself. So anyhow, I don't even know where it was going, but anyhow, that casei uh, and myrrh and cinnamon and aloe, myrrh. Painkiller, logman. They make logman out of myrrh. And so, you know, they took that myrrh and passed it up to Jesus on Calvary. He wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take it. Now, they put the vinegar, he took it. But he wasn't going to take no painkiller. He went to Calvary for us. He was wounded for us. I'm telling you, he didn't take no easy way. Bible said his eyes were set like flint. He meant to go to Calvary. He meant to die in our place. That's right. He laid his life down. Nobody took it. He might have, nobody ever died like him anyhow. Them other two thieves, they wrestled them. But Jesus just went up there and laid down. I mean, that centurion, he didn't know what to think. And he might have said to him, uh, well, he heard him say, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. And he just laid down, stretched out. And that centurion could have said, well, I, I hate this. I'm, I'm just doing my job. And Jesus might have looked at him and said, well, that's, I'm just doing my job. And he might have said, well, I hate this, but it's going to hurt. He's, and Jesus said, I know it's going to hurt. And he might have said, I, I'm going to have to kill you. And I think Jesus said, no, no, you ain't going to kill me. 
He said, ain't nobody going to take my life. He said, I'm going to lay my life down. Matter of fact, he said, if you're still here in three days, I'm going to get it back up. Hey, man, that's the story. I'm the resurrection. I'm going to get on with where I'm going, okay? And so, I, so I got off on these five principal spices, and you'll see it. In, I think it's Exodus 30. I have, in, in my mind, that's where I think I'm at. But here's what I'm going to do. The Lord passed by. I'm going to look real quick. David said uh, in Psalms 40, he delivered me also up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. I, I, I studied those pits. And uh, my dad taught me how to rabbit hunt when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. He gave me an old 20-gauge Ithaca pump gun. And he always said to me, Now, when you get around them old home places, there's always dug wells. There's always. He said, Now, you won't be able to see them because the trash gets over them and brush gets over them. But you'll fall one of them wells. He said, them old boards are rotten. You just got to watch yourself. He said, but you, I'm guaranteeing you there's a cistern or a well around every old home place. So when you get up there, you better watch for the well. So I did. I'd always watch. Well, in Bible times, they had cisterns. And they dug them like a pyramid. And, And they'd fill them full of grain. Well, over the years, people would move and things. And, and, and the grain would get in there and leaves get in there and muck would get in there and water would get in there. And when someone come up missing, they called them the slide pits. And they'd go looking for them. Now, what you had to do is this. You couldn't panic. If you fell in one of them pits, you couldn't try to work your way out because it was made like a pyramid. I mean, the walls were verted. It's impossible. You cannot get out. So if you start trying to work your way out, you just get in deeper. Now, the only thing you can do is call. Just call. Try to listen for somebody passing by. Get it? Yeah. And so maybe Mr. Goodworks passes by. And he said, I said, hey, help. Oh, he said, just work a little harder. You'll get out. Oh, Lord of mercy. You're saved by grace through faith, not that of yourself, but it's gift of God, not of works. You can't work your way out. It's a gift. Amen. Jesus got to get you. This poor boy cried, Lord heard him, saved him out of his trouble. Now here it is. And then uh, Mr. Baptism goes by. Now I got baptized. My wife was nine months pregnant. The baby was born one week later. And the water was up five foot, snow on the ground, ice in the high river. And them deacons said, you won't feel a thing. Lied right off the bat. I mean, I, I shivered the whole day. But I read in the book where I supposed, I got saved January 2nd. This was March. And the big, I seen where I was supposed to, but baptizing won't get you out of the pit. Takes the blood to get you out of, and I could go on, you know, uh, Mr. Modernist comes by, said, I'm going to send you a new Bible. And, uh, and I, I'm going to send you a songbook that's non offensive. And I just say something like, Give me that old time religion. <laughs> hey, amen. So Jesus passes by. And when Jesus passes by, I cried. I said, Jesus, 
Jesus, save me. And Jesus simply reached down in the pit, lifted me up also out of a horrible pit, placed my feet upon a solid rock, a firm foundation, and put a new song in my heart. That's exactly what happened. One day, I'm about done. One day, this old boy, this preacher, he, now this is odd, but I'm going to run it by you. I might have run it by you once before. You used me too much. <laughs> you got me right down to the end of all my messages. I, I got 10,000 messages. I've been over here a thousand times. Anyhow, so I'm doing the best I can. Just stay with me. No preacher, he comes in the yard, and this old man's in there, and he turns the water hose on. Well, when he turned the water hose on, out come this big black dog, just a ground and a jumping and a twisting and carrying on. I mean, wild. And that preacher said, whoa, that dog bite. No, he said, that dog. Well, he said, what's wrong with that dog? Well, he said, I'll tell you. He said, a few years back, we had septic system problems. And he said, uh, the man's truck, the, one of his uh, pumps went out. And he said, uh, it was about dark. He said, if you don't care, I'll, I'll leave that off and be back first thing with a new truck and I'll pump the rest of that out. Well, that night, that dog got in that septic system. And uh, the boy went and got his dad. And his dad looked down in there and said, oh, said, I don't care if we just cover him up. You know. Oh, he said, Dad, I love that dog. Well, he said, if you love that dog, you best be getting down in that septic system. So that boy climbed down in that septic system and he pulled that dog up out of that septic system and he said he got this water hose and washed him off, cleaned him up. And said, and every time I get this water hose out, he remembered how my son cleaned him up. And said, when he remembers how he got cleaned up, he said he takes a fit. Listen to me. I remember 43 years and 10 months ago how he cleaned me up. Every now and then I sit and I think about how God cleaned me up. Amen. I say, listen to me. When I look at the Ark of the Covenant, now you know the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, and, and you know what's in the, and it's, it's completely gold. Uh, Tim wood. 48 inches by 28 inches on top's the mercy seat. There's a thing called the perpetuation for he's the perpetuation of our sins, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. That's the mercy seat. That's Jesus. Perpetuation is the go-between. Mary don't go between God and man. Jesus goes between God. The man Christ Jesus. So they had to be solid gold in between what was in the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the rod and the manna, you know, Ten Commandments. And, um, and, so, and so, solid gold. Now, on top is the mercy seat. And there's two cherubims, two angels, with their wings tilted towards the front. And there's one on this side, and there's one on this side, all right? And it's the only place in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where God come down. In his Shekinah glory, he come down between both of those cherubims, and he come down on the mercy seat. That's where, that's where he come down and worship. That's how you did it. Now, and you sprinkle the mercy seat with the blood. Oh, now, okay. 
Now, when you pick that mercy seat up, let me show you. You got one angel going frontwards. You're carrying the mercy. You're carrying the ark. And you got the other going backwards. That's right, ain't it? Now, I know Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forth to those things which are, I press towards, I understand that. But I'm not ashamed. Every now and then, I look back. Not like I want to go back, but I remember where he brought me from. And I remember what he'd done for me. And I remember how he washed me. And I remember how he clothed me. And I remember how he anointed me with oil. I remember how he walked with me. I remember how he got me through my first funeral. Lord never slept two or three days. This made me a wreck. I was a wreck. And I, 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 remember, I remember my first revival. Lord, I can't tell you how many. I remember my first everything. Lord, I remember where God brought me from. It's like a boy that he, he was a young boy and, and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to preach that. Let me preach this right here. And I, I'm quitting. And I know you don't care where I quit or not. You're having a good time. I can but I, I'm going to quit. I'm telling you. But I'm going to look at 2 Samuel 9. And Jesus said, uh, or David said, Is there any left from the house of Saul that I may show them a kindness for Jonathan's sake? And Jonathan was Saul's son. And him and David, they, they loved one another. They were warriors. They were they were. They were combat buddies. And so uh, they, they made a covenant with one another, a bond. And so uh, if they take care of one another's sons, whichever one's left. I talked to somebody that told me all about that just a while ago, how that, their family made a covenant. Me and my sister did, but nothing's happened to us yet. But listen, I don't think she'd take care of one of my boys. Anyhow... He said, is there any left? Yeah, they went and got Zeba. And it's a type of the Holy Spirit, maybe. And Zeba said, yeah, it's sad. He said, Jonathan's got one son. One son. He's, he's lame on both feet. Living down in Lodabar. That's a dry and barren place. Yeah, he's living down in Lodabar at a Meisher house. It's sad, David. He said, you go fetch him. And brother, they sent the king's men went across the Jordan there and went on, I think, anyhow, they go down and they said, is, uh, is Mephizachev, is Mephizachev, and, and he thinks for sure that David's going to kill him. And, and he takes him back and he takes him in to the, to the palace and when he sees David, he just falls down and said, I'm just a dead dog. Just a dead dog. He said, Mephizachef, I'm going to show you kindness for Jonathan. He didn't see Mephizachef. He saw Jonathan. And when I went to the altar, God didn't see me. He saw Jesus. And if you come to the altar tonight, God won't see you. He'll see Jesus. Now here's the story. He said, you're going to eat from the king's table continuously. 
And so, so David, he let Mephizedek. He was crippled. Crippled boy. I could preach a long time on that, but I'm not. But when he got under the table and pulled the chair up, you couldn't see them crippled legs. He looked like everybody else. Boys, when we get that robe on and you sit down at the mirror, we're all going to be, we're all going to be kin. But we're kin even yet. And so, here's the story. He had four grandsons. You'll read that in Chronicles. Ephesachef did. Four grandsons. And he'd tell them grandsons, here's what he'd do. He'd say, after supper, he'd say, I want you to push me down in the palace to the window, looking down on Lodabar. And he'd go down there and they'd put the wheelchair up and he'd look out across down towards Lodabar. And he'd start crying. And they'd say, Pap, what are you crying for? He said, I'm just looking down on Lodabar, that dry and bare place. He said, I'm just looking down there and I'm remembering where God brought me from. I don't rejoice about what I was. God knows my heart. But I like to look down, not to laugh, not, I just, I just want to remember how stupid I was and how lost in sin and how much hate and how much bitterness and how I couldn't get above poverty hardly. And I want to remember when the Lord passed by and took me up to the palace. Let me eat at the king's table continuously. I appreciate the Lord. Oh, what a difference since the Lord passed by. I'm, I'm done preaching. I just want to know if you'd like for the Lord to pass by tonight. If you're here and you're lost, when he passes by, just follow him up here. Could you do that? As we stand, we'll get us a song. He'll make the difference. No one else can. Oh, what a difference since Jesus.